You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on in Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Yeah, just trying to figure it all out. These brackets, man. Brackets are always difficult, but at least, like in most years, there's at least a couple teams you feel good about just sticking them in your Final Four and riding it out, right? I mean, you just do. But this year, I'm like, gah, every region. Yeah. Every region's hard. Oh, it was a couple years ago when I had Baylor winning the whole thing. Oh, and it's yeah. like Because you knew going in, Baylor was going to be – Really hard to beat with their three guards and all they do. And, you know, they went on and won the national championship. I think I picked it right that year. Um, gosh, I didn't pick Kansas last year, but you felt good about some teams. This year, you're just like, golly. I'm, I'm still trying to trying to get over Ty sleeping with his blouse on and no panties. That's what's screwing me up. Is it with you wearing a teddy? <laughs> no, no. So is it is it a, what is, is it, it a what is it is it a, what kind of blouse is that? Is t-shirt, it, oh, I'm assuming. Is it a t-shirt? T-shirt, sometimes a sweatshirt. No panties though. No. Even a sweatshirt? <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to regulate at least one part of my body, top half. Yeah. Well, and then let the you know. We regret to inform you. Last week we dropped the ball on calling Coach Pierce. This morning, Coach Pierce isn't feeling great. No, so he's not. We hate to break that news to. Hope uh, I didn't give him these allergies. Longhorn Nation, but uh, he says he woke up this morning wasn't feeling great, so he asked if we could push it back from eight thirty to nine. And now at nine, he said, "Let's uh, see if we can maybe do he's it." He's not tomorrow. feeling well, y'all. Yeah. Well, it's been back to back nights of uh, games. They played North Dakota State it's true Tuesday and Wednesday night, and uh, up late last night after the the ball game. So. Uh, again, we're not stiffing you on Coach Pierce conversation, no. promise you, but uh, we, we hope Coach Pierce gets to feeling better uh, really quick. Get um, that over-the-counter stuff, Z. Did you get the, the Zyrtec D yesterday? Go. Did you get the D? A D, yes. <laughs> the D. Over-the-counter. Over and I, Are you feeling better? You're still a little sniffly today. Yeah, but I'm better than yesterday, which I was you just— You sound more lively. Yeah, I was—that I was, stuff— and I didn't realize what that stuff can do when you take it. That stuff gives you a little drowsy. Some of that stuff. If you get you know, them by the right one. And Buck can take some pills now without getting drowsy. So, <laughs> Bike it in. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never had problems with this. These little Allegro, whatever these things are, they make you kind of out there. Well, they, 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 yeah, they're they messing with you your, in, your yeah. innards, right? They're trying, to, they're trying to beat your sinuses. Whew. Um, but yeah, so Coach Pierce, not, not a little bit under the weather this morning, so I'm going to try to set it up for tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, of course, they open a series with New Orleans, and obviously tomorrow we'll be talking a lot about um, about the fighting shock of smarts tonight. and the Longhorns. Whatever happens tonight in Des Moines, Iowa, Texas wins tonight. That's the one thing I know. Texas yes. beats Colgate. 
Uh, but Ty, you're saying I, I heard uh, BK mention it too that the gambling line's coming down because Texas is one and nine in their last ten tournament games against the line. I do think though this is a different Texas team. I just, I mean, it's not. It's just the, the, the what I said about Baylor a couple minutes, a couple seconds ago about when Baylor made their run. They're a similar team to that. They've got three really experienced, good guards who I think you can lean on. And you know, obviously they could go into. You know, we've seen Marcus Carr in a bit of a slump at times, but played better in Kansas City. Tyrese Hunter was in a slump, but has played much better over the last three weeks. And Serge Barry Rice has just been a rock star all year long. And as I say, the thing you like about the matchup with Colgate tonight is they don't play good defense, and they haven't tried to defend a team this yeah, good. Yeah, defend these guards. I mean, the the uh, the analytics you like about Texas versus Colgate are their ability to score. Because when Texas gets themselves in trouble this year is when they go in these long scoring droughts, right? Um, remember, think about the game at Waco where they were up big, 18-4 to four or whatever, and all of a sudden they don't score for nine minutes, and next thing you know, they lose this ball game in Waco. I don't know that Colgate can put you in a nine-minute score, I mean, scoring drought. They're 114th in the country in you know, defensive efficiency. I mean, uh, Texas is number 11 in defensive efficiency, so that's a, a huge win for Texas, defensive side of the ball. And then the Longhorn defense... Stopping Colgate, it's about those three-point shots. And it's and, about that rebounding if they don't make those three-point yeah, shots. getting those long boards and, and pushing it up. But uh, obviously it's the, it's the madness for a reason because you just never know in a 40-minute game. Coaches will play this in you know, four-minute spurts, right? They'll, mm-hmm. you know, those, those extra media timeouts because, they're, because it's a television situation. Those, those timeouts at 16 and 12 and 8 and 4, they're all longer than usual, right? Because you get extra commercial time. Uh, and so coaches will try to play these games like this in a, in a four-minute stretch. Each you know, you got four four-minute stretches each half. Can you keep yourself in the game? And I'm sure that's what Colgate's thinking, uh, being the mighty underdog that they are. And that's how those upsets happen, right? And then the pressure rises on the team that's favored to win. They start gripping a little bit. And, and the next one thing can't you know, shoot free throws. Then the next thing you know, you got Abilene Christian all over again. You know, I'm still not buying the free throw thing. That's that's for real. That's a stat for this group from Colgate. You can shoot all those through all those threes, and they stink from the free throw line. Like three hundred and seventh in the country, in uh... they probably don't get to the free throw line that often. Well, that I, probably has something to do with it. If yeah. They're shooting that many threes. They're not going to the rack, that's for sure. Well, they don't. They only make like they don't make a lot of them when they get there. But a I'll lot say of that. coaches' sons. Well, they that's another. Make free throws. Well, that's another you know thing you like about Texas. They make free throws. I mean, gosh, how many times have you seen with Shaka Smart and Rick Barnes in years past where the free throw shooting was just a And you're a sitting there as a fan gripping when they're shooting free throws late in games. Well, that's what you love about Tyrese Hunter and Jabari Rice. These are going to be the guys that have the ball in their hands late well, in games. Because Carr's a good free throw shooter, too. They're oh, yeah. They, well, that's why guards are huge because they're going to come down to, you know, tonight game I don't think comes down to a possession or two. But when you get into those games, you got to knock down those foul shots. And uh, Texas has guys that do that at a high level, and I thought uh, Brad Kellner made a great point when you talk about Texas A&M, who plays tonight against Penn State. They average almost 20 free throws made per game. Buzz Williams' team lives in the lane, and they live in the paint, and they live at the free throw line. One of the things Texas has done, and this would preview the Texas-Texas A&M matchup if we get to it, and obviously we will know tomorrow, but Texas has done a good job of late of defending well without fouling. Mm-hmm. Which yes, they have. The Kansas game was in particular, even the TCU game on uh, – on that Friday night where they're not fouling a lot. And uh, Rodney Terry's done a great job bringing this team along on that front. Still playing the good D, but also not fouling people. By the way, how did you lose that game against Abilene Christian a few years ago? Remember this game? The turnovers? 
The turnovers? Are you kidding me? Texas lost that game 53-52. to 53-52. to 52. They turned the ball over 23 times. 23 times against Abilene Christian. That was a sloppy game. That's another thing. Texas does a good job of not turning the ball over because they have three guards who can handle the rock and three guards who make good decisions most of the time. And um, so I like this team tonight. I do. Now, do I, do you, you like Texas A&M as well. I do. In this spot. Yeah, I think this match of this meeting is going to happen. Okay. All right, since uh, we're going to pinch hit again because with David Pierce not feeling great, we pinch hit with Brad Kellner because we were going to talk to Brad in this spot, and he jumped in at 8.30. But look who's on the Comrex hotline right now. Not the Vaqueros hotline, but the Comrex hotline live in beautiful downtown Des Moines, Iowa. He is the, the voice of the Longhorns, Craig Way. Craig, are you there with us? And when you say Des Moines... Make sure you add beautiful. That's right. You know? Beautiful is right. <laughs> yeah. What's the, morning, the temp? What's the temps there this morning? Craig? It's not bad this morning, Buck. It actually got up to sixty degrees here yesterday. Uh, that's the high point of the week. I can tell you that right Ooh. now. It has dropped. It's forty nine right now, and it's on the downward spiral. Oh. By the time the game tips tonight, it'll be thirty five degrees, uh, and then tomorrow morning the low will be eighteen with a high of thirty five, and Saturday. The low will be 12 with a high of 27. Oh, yeah. Ty will have to sleep with his with his sweatshirt on and not his blouse. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. I'm yeah. going to cover all the way up there. Thanks for sharing that, Ty. Yeah, Craig uh-huh. is. Um, wasn't the other choice Vegas for you guys? If, if for Texas, could have been in Vegas, and now you're in Des Moines. That's just you know that that was the uh, Vegas, of course, a Sweet 16 site, and and uh, folks thought that. Texas might be slotted to that West region and Kansas to the Midwest. I think that's what the Big 12 tournament championship game did is to flip that to where they were no longer going to reward Kansas by giving them a a straight path, Des Moines, Kansas City, and went instead for the Jayhawks, Des Moines, Vegas. I was talking with Brian Haney, the Jayhawks play-by-play voice yesterday, because, you know, they're here too. They're playing, you know, in a different pod, but here in Des Moines, and they play the first game of the day today against Howard. And he was saying, yeah, he said, uh, uh, yeah, we, you guys ended up with uh, Kansas City. If you win two here, we ended up with Vegas. I wish we could switch. I said, so do I, uh, you know, but, uh, uh, but, you know, it's it's still it's it's a good path, obviously, for the Longhorns. They pretty much have the Kansas Jayhawk path. Des Moines, Kansas City, win two games here, go back to the scene of the crime two weeks ago, where he won the Big Twelve tournament title. So it does set up well for the Longhorns if they're handling their business. And then uh, Colgate, what have you learned about uh, the Raiders since you've been there on on the ground? The opponent tonight at six twenty-five. Well, it's it's a lot of uh, a, a lot of what you guys were saying, and and I think I had it in the morning report. I asked Rodney Terry at the news conference yesterday because somebody asked Marcus Carr. I don't remember who it was. Somebody asked Marcus Carr. The player availability was first, and they said, uh, "Do they remind you of anybody?" And he said, "Not really. They they, they kind of have a different style and how they run their offense and all that." And so then when I asked Rodney that, he said, "Well, two teams come to mind: Baylor." in that their guards are difficult 
to guard and said it makes it difficult. And he, and he mentioned Creighton as a team where the guards handle a lot of that. And if you're not on point defensively, obviously that's where they make you pay at 51% and, and you know, beyond the arc. And I heard you guys talking about the free throw shooting. And, and they are a 66% free throw shooting team. And, and while that ranks down low, it, it's not hard. The weird thing is, is that Tucker Richardson, who has hit 52 three-pointers this year in 163 attempts, is only a 51% free throw shooter. The guy you don't want to put on the line is Oliver Lynch Daniels, their senior guard. He uh, is a 50% shooter beyond the arc and 86% from the foul line. So the guy, watch for number 33 tonight. That's the guy that you don't want to put on the free throw line, even though Richardson, uh, by a couple of points, is their leading scorer. All right, Craig, uh, with their guards, their guards at Colgate, they're going to have to really – Use up a lot of off a lot of energy trying to cover protect the guys at Texas. They, they, they have not seen guards like this all year long, and they're going to be running around trying to trying to figure out uh, how to how to defend these guys. That that'll put a lot of pressure on them for their three point shooting, also. Yeah, and 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 you know, Buck, they've had this long winning streak, uh, and and I get that, I I understand that, and they and they're it's a solid program. Matt Langell's mm-hmm. done a great job there. In fact, uh, I did a Westwood One broadcast back in 19 when they played a Rick Barnes Tennessee coach team, and they had them on the ropes. Tennessee ended up winning the game, uh, but they played them very, very difficult. So uh, they've, they've got the track record on all that. Having said all of that, the teams they've beaten on that on that long winning streak and winning, what, 20 or 21, I mean, they've beaten Lafayette. They've beaten Loyola. They've beaten American. Uh, their one loss, by the way, was to American. They've beaten Navy, Holy Cross, Army, Bucknell, Navy, Holy Cross, Army, Bucknell is not exactly Kansas, TCU, Iowa State, right. you know, uh, and Baylor. It's yeah. not quite the same level of, uh, and caliber opponent. It's not to say they don't play well. They play uh, pretty technically sound, but it's not quite the same caliber of opposition. And to your point, I think that's where their biggest challenge is going to be is trying to guard the Texas guards. Two things, Craig, and then we can uh, let you get ready for your show coming up at 10 o'clock. But uh, in your talks with uh, R- Rodney Terry, what, what do you think the lineup is tonight with Timmy Allen? Do you think they stick with what worked in Kansas City, or does Timmy get back into the starting lineup? Any way to know that. And since you travel with the team and you're around him so much, what has been the key for you for Dylan DeSue and his – well, really since that Baylor game in mid-February in Waco where they lost, but he scored 24 points. His confidence has just gone through the roof. Now he's the tournament most outstanding player a, a week ago. What, what for you has been the key for Dylan to, to really flip that switch? Okay. Uh, first of all, I expect Timmy Allen to be back in the starting lineup. Okay. Uh, I asked him in the news conference, how do you feel? Can you give us – he said 100% ready to go. Uh, I think he said, I'm going full speed is the way he described it. So I would expect that he would be back in the starting lineup and that Jabari Rice will come off the bench. Uh, it is possible that they might want to watch him in warm-ups and make sure. Uh, either way, I think uh, the, whoever doesn't start is going to be in the ballgame by the first time out, uh, by the first media timeout, whether it's Rice or whatever. And, and, and especially if the Sioux should pick up an early foul, then you'll probably see that tandem substitution where they bring in Christian Bishop and then they bring in Jabari at that point. As to your question about Dylan, being healthy is just give him that, giving him that freedom of mind. And it really almost wasn't even until the midway part of the season 
where I think Dylan could could trust himself and trust that knee completely. Uh, you, you guys have, have always heard the story about the wide receiver or the running back who had the ACL injury, and you got to be able to, as coaches say, cut it loose and and let it go. And I think I think Dylan went through some of that, and uh, and then and then he just started feeling better about it. And we saw it down the stretch of the regular season where he started to become more of a factor. I remember even in the loss to Baylor, he played really well in that game, even mm-hmm. though most others did not, especially after they got out to the big lead. And I think he's just carried it forward from there. And when you do that, as, as you guys know, your teammates trust you and they want to get the ball in your hands a lot more. He's very comfortable with that one-headed flip in the lane from 12 to 15 feet, the jump hook, uh, even just shooting from the elbow. He's really, really – and he could knock down the occasional three. So I, I think all of that, but it's mainly just feeling comfortable and what he's doing on the practice floor that's made a difference. You can see it. He was tremendous and really the difference maker in their game uh, games in Kansas City. See if they can carry it into this one as well. Hey, Craig, appreciate it. And uh, for jumping on, you'll be ready to go. Are you going live at 10 o'clock? I am. And uh, Jeff Howe was making his way from – I think he's staying out in Urbandale out there because oh. all, all the hotel stuff. But he's making his way downtown here, and he'll, he'll jump on. Uh, we're going to hear from Rodney Terry. Also from Bob Donawald, the, the assistant coach. Bob Donawald, of course, is a lifer and has been a head coach at the international level and uh, collegiate level and all that sort of stuff. Bob Donawald also, Aaron, was the head coach of the Iowa Energy for two years here in Des Moines. <laughs> so he knows this building, and uh, we, had, we had a little conversation with Bob Donawald, so that, that'll be uh, coming up as well. So we got all of that uh, coming up on Light the Tower at 10. All right, Craig, thanks Craig, so much. And thank look, you, we'll be, we'll be listening this evening. Thanks very much. Thank you. Fellas, thanks. Have a good one. Iowa Energy. Wow. Are the G League. The G League based in Des Moines, Iowa. Is that the that's the farm team for whom? Do we know? Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota T Wolves. There you go. Wow. Hey man, there you go. Yeah, Dylan DeSue big. Looks like Timmy Allen may be back into the starting lineup tonight. We'll be watching. It's a six twenty five tip from beautiful Des Moines. Where do you say Jeff saying Urbandale? Urbandale. He's staying out oh, staying out in the burbs. Uh, I'm trying to think. I've been to Des Moines, right? You've been to Des Moines? Not a Once. bad, not a terrible place. No, not a terrible place. Well, because you got to fly into Des Moines. To I've get never, to... I've never asked to go back. Well, because when Texas, were, well, if you play Iowa State, you got to fly into Des Moines to get to Iowa to get to Ames, right? You got to get to Ames. But um, okay, well, Texas hoops, Texas A&M follows on that same floor when they play Penn State. The winners will meet on Saturday, and games start this morning at eleven fifteen this morning and go all day. Let me just say this while I'm, I'm kind of struggle-busting with this uh, bracket here. I currently – I don't know who to pick in the uh, the East region, Buck. I, I like Tennessee, but the guy, the guy Ziggler, their point guard's hurt. That kills me. No, oh, that hurts bad. I like them. But can they beat Purdue in the round of 16? Can can Purdue get to the round – is it Purdue, Buck, or is it K-State, or is it Marquette? That's the bracket that's it's really Marquette got me. Marquette all the way through. K-State I, or Marquette. I can't – Pick Shaka Smart. I can't. Well, then take K-State, I guess. And I can't pick Tennessee and Rick Barnes because the, the point guards hurt. I know they got other guards and they got bigs and they're veterans. What about the Dukies? They're just starting to come together. I know. Do I trust their youth, though, this time of year? Not against Marquette, you can't. Oh, man. Shaka's got two players. He's got one that's unbelievable. Once again, Jones. Once again, yeah, once again, despite – the coaching, sometimes the talent will outweigh the coaching. Uh, Duke is Duke. Duke is Duke, though. Duke is Duke. 
And I, I'm with you on uh, what Brad Kellner said last hour, and Ari Temkin was with us in the first hour, and he uh, you know, echoed the same thing, that the uh, with Kansas, as Craig just talked about, getting flipped out to the West, that's a really, really tough bracket. And I'll say this, if you go to the to the Vegas odds to make the Final Four or the Ken Palm rankings, mm-hmm. you know, Kansas is number nine in the Ken Palm. UCLA is number two. Uh, UConn is number four in the Ken Palm metrics. The hell's wrong with, yeah. Gonzaga is number eight in Ken Gonzaga's Palm. Gonzaga is, is the number one scoring team in the nation. Yeah. But, you know, it's a single elimination tournament, and you got to pick somebody. So I got UCLA out of the West. Was that crazy? UCLA? I got UConn. With my man Mick Cronin and the UCLA Bruins? They're pretty hurt. Are they banged up? Yeah, they're playing like seven guys. Six. But will they get healthy as the tournament goes or what? No. Oh, man. But they also, I mean, every single year it seems like something's up with them. You know, whether it's injuries or, you know, barely getting in the tournament and they – you know, they seem to go on a run, so that's not a bad pick. Okay, okay. Well, we're having a hard time here. Uh, well, we'll continue the picks coming up. Hey, coming up, uh, we'll also, we're going to talk to our buddy Eric Goodman, who covers the Austin uh, FC for the Austin Chronicle. Uh, he was at the match on Tuesday night that didn't go the Austin FC's way, but he's written a great story about that Haitian team and what a great uh, sports story it is. If you like, you like a good sports trying story. trying to do a movie? Yeah, well, we're pulling guys off the team from New Jersey, couldn't get visas, came in here and held on. Let's talk to, to Eric Goodman because the uh, FC Some also— make a bobsled team. Also playing uh, uh, Saturday in Houston. So we'll talk to Eric Goodman coming up here on Beanie. It's Bucky and Aaron. Boy, busy, busy Thursday, obviously. Buck-ons and buck-offs, and the rain has come through. So if you were planning to get out and see some live music in Austin for the South By, the music really cranking up with those live shows, I want to take a little umbrella. But uh, it's one of those great days, Buck. We talked yesterday to Tom Gimble in this spot from Austin ACL TV. You can go down and see his event, which starts at the top of the hour, that uh, Bloody Mary morning event at GSD&M in the back courtyard. They're going to have live music going on at Waterloo Ice House across the street, or Waterloo Ice House, Waterloo Records across the street in that parking lot. There'll be stuff going on. And then you can jump on down to Shoal Creek Saloon and catch some games. Yes, you can. Catch some games, catch some music, go back, catch some games. Catch some food. Catch some food. Oh, man, it's uh, it's what it's all about. Uh, and I wish the weather were a little nicer, but we kind of need the rain right now. And this is going to be drizzly, right, most of the day today? That we're looking at. We also have talked uh, Zeke Elliott and his release, the Aaron Rodgers saga, all the NFL. Also, Buck, uh, our next guest on the Vaqueros Hotline is our good friend Eric Goodman from the Austin Chronicle covering the Austin FC. But unfortunately, I saw in a tweet last night that Eric might have to be a Mets fan. And the Mets may have lost their closer last night in a celebration incident at the World Baseball Classic. Eric, good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, thanks, Aaron. I, I was, I'll, set, I'll set the scene for you. I was just wrapping up a kickball game I was in, and I was streaming. You know, it was a great game, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. Uh, you know, Puerto Rico gets the upset, and, and, you know, I see Diaz on the mound, and then just you, you see him lying with, a, you know, with an injury, and, and it's just, like, literally ruined my night. Like, I cannot <laughs> tell you how that that ruined my night. So you are a Mets fan, and he's the closer. Of course, they play the, the trumpet and the music when he comes into the to the game. He's got the big contract, and yeah, there he is. His being embraced by his brother, who plays for the Reds, and uh, something something tweaked, something went wrong, and just cross your fingers that the MRI is better than it certainly looked on the field last night. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I mean, if you're a Mets fan, you know that the the odds of that 
you know, turn taking a positive turn are not good. So <laughs> yeah, um, you're I'm right. Afraid, afraid. I'm you're right about that, that, Eric. Yeah, exactly. All right, Eric. So uh, let's talk some Austin FC because they've had a busy stretch here. I mean, this start to the season, you knew when the schedule came out with the with the Concacaf games on top of their MLS schedule. Uh, but obviously the CONCACAF event did not go well. One of the bigger upsets, if not the biggest upset in that tournament, uh, as an MLS team beaten by the, the Haitian side, Violette AC. But your column this week that I just read at the Austin Chronicle is uh, in support of Violette, just trying to not support of them, but, but let, letting folks know just what an accomplishment that was. And you can talk about the Austin FC side here coming up, but give me your thoughts on this team out of Haiti, that uh, their country's in turmoil. They don't even have a league right now that they're playing in, yet they beat a team out of the MLS. Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, you know, yeah, as you mentioned, the country of Haiti is, you know, in, in just social, economic, political turmoil. You know, the the majority of the country is, is under, you know, gang control by gangs. And, yeah, the, obviously there's no place for, for to run a league during that time. You know, these, these two matches against Austin were the first games, competitive games that Violette had played in, in, in close to nine months. I mean, it's, it's just remarkable that uh, they were able to, you know, maintain uh, the the ability to to practice first of all because they they were practice even though they played their home leg in the in the Dominican Republic, they still had to find a way to to practice for nine months in Haiti without any games apart from you know this this under super underdog matchup against uh, an MLS club, uh, you know across uh, across the Caribbean and the United States, and it's just remarkable and and seeing kind of what it meant to those players walking down the tunnel as they were exiting the stadium, you know, in, in tears, like f- holding back tears, talking about how, you know, they hope that this, that their win can serve as, as some form of inspiration for some of the people really struggling in Haiti and, and just showing them that, you know, even through all this adversity, th- there is still the potential to, to be great and, and to fight and, and to, you know, make great things happen like they were able to do. Uh, pretty amazing, and obviously that three nil loss at Dominican Republic, which was actually a Haiti's home game, the the Violets' home game, uh, really led to the to the victory because they you know Austin had to get four goals on the board or three to tie it, and they tried on on Tuesday night, and you were at the game. Talk about that onslaught that they their goalkeeper was incredible, thirty five shots for Austin, uh, ten of them on goal, and they got two in with Driussi, but pretty incredible that they were able to maintain and hold off the uh, the home team. Yeah, so you know what's crazy. Obviously, the three-nil um, win that the Violette was able to, to take uh, in the Dominican Republic. Obviously, that's an upset. But you look at, at some of the betting lines that, that were coming in close to kickoff time, and Austin was, I think, minus one seventy-five. I saw to win by four or more goals, which which means they were the favorites to go through, even with you know the 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 three-nil head start for Violette. So just even the fact that that Violette was able to keep it to a two-nil. Uh, loss on their part is a big uh, you know, upset in itself. And they just defended, you know, really soundly the, the entire match. I mean, I think that's what up in the press box, we were kind of looking at each other and, and realizing that, okay, this isn't just, you know, kind of this flash in the pan underdog story. The, there are some legitimately uh, skilled players, especially on the defensive side that Austin just kind of ran into. Um, and, you know, there wasn't a ton of plan B, you know, that that's been, kind of a, a weakness uh, of Josh Wolf's game. And when plan A works, we've seen Austin, you know, just boat race teams to the, to the tune of, of five, nothing five, one. Um, when, when that's not working and your attacking players aren't getting service and, you know, your opposing defenses are clearing the crosses, you know, as Violet was doing, 
Austin has a real hard time pivoting to, to another way to score. And, you know, it just kind of felt like, you know, rinse, repeat, you know, cross clearance, cross clearance. And uh, it, it just wasn't enough. Eventually, Austin just ran out of time. Eric, Eric tell us about some of the players uh, uh, on this team that, that when they went to Jersey, they, they took players from New Jersey. How, did they, how do you do that in that quicker time, the turnover? Were they yeah, the guys that couldn't get visas? Yeah, the guys that couldn't get visas. I mean, were they were those guys that actually did they play in those games? Did they play in the game the other night? So it was tough to kind of. So we we do know that six players uh, on Violet's roster um, could not enter the country and had mm-hmm. to stay home in Haiti. And so you know they they showed up to Q2 Stadium with eleven starters and just three players on the bench. And uh, it wasn't quite clear to me exactly, you know, if if the three players on the bench were um, Violette players to begin with or if they signed kind of the, you know, this this one week contract. But whatever the case, I mean, this team was playing incredibly shorthanded. um, And and yet, you know, it was it was just a case of of going all you know, playing with with that much heart and intensity uh, and not quivering. I mean, sometimes you see teams uh, that, you know, can last you know, an hour against, you know, a, a big sure. club with, with seating and then, you know, give up and then it all kind of falls apart. And that never happened for Violette. Eric Goodman covers the Austin FC for, uh, or Austin FC for the Austin Chronicle does a great job. You can follow him at Twitter uh, at Goodman, which is a great Twitter handle at Goodman, his last name, uh, Eric, the, uh, the match for Austin FC now back to business. You got to play I mean, it's embarrassing. One of the worst losses in that tournament's history for them. You just went through it. Uh, now you got to turn the page and get ready for the MLS. And you're going to Houston this weekend where the Dynamo uh, don't have any points so far this year. Austin, after that rough loss to St. Louis to start the year, won back-to-back games. Uh, what's the key down there in Santa, in, uh, in Houston in your mind? Yeah, so, I mean, Austin has, has played Houston five times in MLS in, in, you know, over the, the course of Austin FC's history. They've, they've won four. You know, Austin has just proven to kind of be – on a, on a different level. As you mentioned, Houston's 0-2 so far this year. This will be their first home match. So, you know, they, they, they will kind of look forward to that advantage. But um, I expect Austin to go and, and, and win that match. Um, there's, there's just a, a gulf in talent that, assuming, you know, Austin is coming off a midweek game, they will be on a little bit of short rest. We'll see uh, what kind of, of lineup Josh Wolf feels comfortable putting out there if he's able to get, Kind of his patchwork center back pairing of, you know, the 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 two Finns, um, Vison and, and and Alex Ring. I think if if he has both of those players available, it, it should be really difficult for Houston to get anything working against Austin. And I would expect them to rebound from from kind of this two leg defeat and get right, get right back on track. Part of a real busy weekend, uh, MLS action down in Houston, and uh, Eric Goodman talking about real quick. Eric on the uh, the Owen Wolf thing. That's been a big. You know, bone of bone of controversy or conversation within the the fan base. Josh Wolf's son is eighteen. He plays on the team, which is always a challenge for a coach and a, and a son. But it does feel like through three games, Owen Wolf Wolf is playing to the part. Right, he's playing like a guy who can be one of the best players on this team. Yeah, he scored one of the best goals of the season. You know, the early season so far um, in, in their last MLS game against Rail Salt Lake. You know, great great long range shot. You know, Owen Wolf is, is a is he's the youngest player on the roster. He's only 18, and he's still developing. And you know, it, I think it's completely fair to to question whether you know he has developed enough at this point to be a, a week in week out starter. But there's no question that that he's got the potential to to be one of the the better players in MLS. 
I mean, he's he's got had multiple call ups to to the U.S. national team program, um, and and I think the only issue for Owen right now is the role he's being asked to play as kind of the quarterback of the offense, he, especially against Violette, getting so many touches uh, and, and really kind of struggling to to change it up and to be creative with it. But but this is a player that Austin fans are, are hopefully, you know, for them going to be able to enjoy for a long, long time. Well, we got to talk to you about the Claudio Reyna and that, that family and the soccer, U.S. soccer. We need to get to you sometime next week and talk to you a little bit about that, uh, what's happening with the U.S. soccer and, you know, that family. It is that you're talking about drama. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of the one of the most one of the ugliest stories that, that yeah. I've uh, I've uh in a, in a long time. Well, let's let's put that on the calendar. We'll talk some uh, Austin FC Houston next week with you, Eric, and uh, try to figure out what's going on with that Claudia Reyna story. It's bigger than Austin, obviously, but he's no longer the sporting manager here in Austin, still with the team, but uh, a, a developing global soccer story for sure. And uh, Ted Lasso's back for season three, so maybe go. we'll get an update on that as well. Hey, thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. Anytime, guys. Eric Goodman on Twitter, at Goodman. Good stuff. Yeah, that, his story's pretty interesting. You just realize... A, it's embarrassing that Austin FC lost that match. But for those guys, think about it. They hadn't, been, they hadn't played a game in 300 days. Their country's in turmoil. Their country is pretty much run by no. gangs. Yeah, I mean, people are running for their lives <laughs> yes. in Haiti. Yeah, and they, so that's why they, they can't run a league. I mean, that's, but they, they beat Austin on a, uh, in a, in a two-match aggregate final score of 3-2. to two. Pretty incredible. Uh, been a been a busy day. We'll get the final buck ons and buck offs coming up. We'll give you our final final fours. You ready for this, Buck? The final final fours. I'm not, but uh, Ty, you ready? We'll do that. When we come Got back. Three brackets filled out. I'm ready to go. Well, which one are you going to tell us? Uh, which one? Which one are you the going winning, with? The winner. The first one I filled out. All right, we'll do that when we come back, and then we'll hand it off to Craig and the crew up there in Des Moines, Iowa. Light the tower coming your way. First, our final 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 fours coming on B and E. B and E. The final, final four conversation you, and me, and Ty will have before the tournament begins. Got to lay it to play it, Buck. Where are yes, we going? Sure. What's your final four, my friend? I'm going your final four. Midwest, I got Texas. Whoa. West, I got UConn. UConn. East, I got the Fighting Shaka Smarts and Marquette. The South, I have Roll Tide. Alabama. Yes. So Alabama, Marquette, Texas, and UConn. Well, and I, don't even, I really don't know how I'm getting to this UConn thing. All of a sudden, they, well, it's because they they're got 25 strong. and eight, and they're they're fourth in the Ken Palm rankings, and they're they got really big, and they're big. They're tall. Yeah. And their backcourt's going to be their question, which is why I. But no, that's a good. I mean, you were you and Jay Billis. And uh, we had Ari Tepkin this morning. He likes UConn. Uh, there's nothing wrong with UConn. Um, Ty, what's your final four, my friend? Do you do you have a uh, final final? Yeah, I said earlier I was going to give my first bracket I made, but I'm I'm going to make an audible on that one. You uh, go to your third or fourth bracket. I got my third bracket, my crazy one. I'm going to I'm going to lay it out there: Arizona, Marquette, Houston, and Gonzaga. Arizona. Mm. Haven't been playing great defense of late. Uh, their D can get you beat if you can give up points. That's why I like Texas. That's why I like you. You know why you like UConn is they're top fifteen in adjusted offense and defense. They play well on both ends. Houston's that way. They don't really have a a, a big weakness. Whereas Arizona's defense isn't great. We mentioned UCLA's a little banged up. 
with their injuries. Uh, Purdue, you like Purdue, right? But they've been four and four in their last eight. They're coming into this thing before the Big Tw- before the Big Ten tournament. Too young at guard for me. Too young at guard. So okay, so I'm going with this one. I'm going with Alabama and the whole Brandon Miller situation. Brandon Miller will have a security there, armed security with him. Well, he's the best player in the country in my mind. And he is a difference maker in these big games. I know they've got some tough matchups potentially with San Diego State and Arizona, uh, potentially Baylor to get there. But I'm going to take Alabama uh, out of the uh, South bracket. Also, there you go. I'm going. I'm going to ride the Dukies. I watched them play in the ACC tournament. They 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 were rough early for John Shire, but have gotten gotten well, gotten well. And they're they're talented. I mean, talent typically wins basketball games, right? Not always, but if you get the the talented players playing together, which John Shire has done, uh, I just that that bracket. I don't don't, don't buy Purdue's backcourt. K State, I think, kind of kind of ran out of gas here in the Big Twelve. They mm-hmm. were so good early, but uh, Marquise Noel can light it up. But um, uh, I think Marquette's better than them. But I'm going to take Duke to beat uh, Marquette to get there. I think that's how that's going to play out. So I'll take the Dukies. Uh, I'm going to take. Gonzaga, Gonzaga out of the West. That's a, this is the hardest one. It's a year where no one expects them. There's yeah, no expectations. No one's picking them, and they drill sub. Drew Timmy still plays for them, does he not? For crying out loud. Yep. Uh, you know they're they're twenty eight and five. I saw Texas beat the daylights out of them earlier this year. Dude, they average close to ninety a game. Did you pick Texas tie or who'd you put in your final four? In this one, I have Houston. That's who I'm going to go with. Texas losing the Xavier. I know. The, back on Sunday, I said round. I like the they're matchup right. for Texas with Houston, but you, here's the issue with Houston. I'm going to take Houston. To play in the Final Four in Houston, and maybe cut down the nets in Houston for Kelvin Sampson Buck. Now it all is predicated on Marcus Sasser's groin. I don't like to base things on other men's groins, but you know let's just base it on that. If he stays healthy, he's an All-American in the backcourt, and they got this lottery pick down low that maybe the the difference maker. I mean, they're they got five guys that are in double figures, and they play that that wicked brand of Kelvin Sampson defense, and they can go to the boards. Yeah, but uh, uh, Jerace Walker down low is he's he's got an NBA body. One of those dudes. So I'm, I'm going to take Houston into the Final Four there. Um, so those, those are my four. Houston, I'm sorry. for They're going to beat Texas in a national semifinal. It'll be a heck of a game. I'm going to take Houston because of their size. And you know I talked about it all year long, but Texas just might not be big enough. If Dylan DeSue continues to play big, down low. They need somebody else that's big in there. that I mean, Houston group's got some bangers uh, down in the paint, can, and they've got good guards. Can Bishop do anything as a banger down there? Yeah, Bishop and, and DeSue have to be real big. Uh, I'm going to take Houston, though. And, and also, for Houston, their experience in this spot, right? They've been in the Final sure. Four in the Elite Eight each of the last two years. This kind of feels like their year with the veteran. But if Marcus Sasser all of a sudden pulls up lame, watch out. They're real vulnerable at that point. Um, then I've got Gonzaga. Bama, Duke, Gonzaga, Houston. Now, does it make you think the same way when you look in the South region with with uh, a team like Baylor, E? Because yeah. they've been there before. Yeah, well, look at it. Yes, there's a lot I like about Scott Drew's team. I mean, it's Scott Drew. It's this program. They just expect to be there. Uh, they're kind of like Kansas. They're just they're, they're going to find a way. But here's the problem for them: um, they are not very good on defense right now. Um, you know, they're they're not they're giving up too many too many points mm-hmm. and. Uh, but, it, but, boy, they can light it up. And there's also kind of a feeling in Waco that Keontae George, their freshman, has kind of projected lottery pick himself. Packed it he, in. No, he's just kind of hit that freshman wall. I mean, these are more games than he's ever played, uh, playing in the rigors of the Big 12. And I do know some people who know their hoops who wonder if Texas, if the Big 12 kind of beat a lot of teams up. And uh, uh, they're they're not at 100%. Well you're, that, well, you're asking the question about everybody. You're asking the same question about K-State. If they just 
petered out now. Yeah. After a long season. Or it's just the Big Twelve, and it just takes it out of you, and they'll, all these teams will hit the conference, hit the tournament, and be rejuvenated, um, potentially. Um, but so here's a stat of why I don't like Baylor, and here's a number when you're filling out your brackets because you have still an hour. You know, every team that's won a national title, every team has been ranked in the top thirty, and most of them actually in the top twenty in Ken Palm, the Ken Pomeroy in the final defensive efficiency rankings, mm. everyone. Baylor is currently ranked 90th in those defensive efficiency rankings. That ain't good. So I can't pick them to make a run. But um, So teams with rough defense, I'm going to back off of. Houston plays the best defense, so I'm putting them there. And you know what? You're picking UConn. I might have to switch that because you know what? You know what I love is that Danny Hurley's got this team. Danny Hurley, one of the best players ever in college basketball. He's got this team playing in the top 15 in both efficiency on offense and defensive rankings. UConn, not a bad pick, Buck, at all. Yeah, and that's been a real physical league this year, too. Big East has been real physical. I mean, Bobby Hurley and Danny Hurley and the Hurley family. Come on, man. Come on. Who didn't love Bobby Hurley back in the day? The Hurley family is going to get it done. The Jerseyites. Now Danny's doing a good job. Love love me some Bobby Hurley back in the day. So let's root for the Hurleys. We got things going tomorrow. We got St. Patty's Day tomorrow. Wear your green. It's your green. Ty, where are your green? Ty, tomorrow? get your green blouse. Oh, you're or not those a, bottoms. It's a teddy. Oh, those teddy. Get that green teddy ready. Y'all are gonna have to explain to me what a teddy is. Is that a teddy bear? What are you talking about? It's a little outfit. Ask your ask your girlfriend. Yeah, ask your she'll she'll ask know your that. girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ask her, she'll know. Uh, all right, so there's our picks. They and are then you in. Put, and you put it on and wear it tonight. <laughs> Hey, you wore, you've worn your mama's silk My pajamas, mama's pajamas. Those are pajamas. That. that wasn't a teddy, though. That was mama's pajamas. Hey, our next two hours here on the Horn are coming live from Des Moines, Iowa. Site of the big, big game tonight, Texas at 625. Remember, it's Zay and Chad through the midday. And, of course, Arjun Rod are out at Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks and Round Rock. Also, remember, we announced this morning the Chris Stapleton concert. It's coming to the Moody Center in October. Get your tickets. You can win some at hornfm.com.